Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're back. Another episode of Twist and Shout with uh, me and you. Who's me? Us. Aliash and Jeanette. Well, us, no? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, I forgot what the episode name is. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to start. Today's episode is taking care of business. Taking care of business. Yeah. And the worst episode to forget the name of the episode, isn't it? Yeah, because it? it's you, your mate. Well, it's our mate, but really... Your dance partner. No, it's more than a mate. It's family. It's, she's family now. She's family. We are, of course, talking about the ever amazing, ever incredible, ever overachiever. Not overachiever. I think just achiever. She achieves in general. everything. I she don't puts think her she can. There is no such thing as overachieving with Sarah Davis. Uh, that's who our guest is today. You let this. it slip. I did. I can't help. Should it. we do like a drum roll anyway? Sarah Davis. Ooh, what a guest. Imagine if anyone now heard it for a second time and still acted surprised. So <laughs> if you're that person, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this one, just like any other. But uh, doing Strictly with her, being in the same room with her every day, I'm sure you remember me coming home from rehearsals or being on the phone with you after and going, Butchka, this is just incredible. Not just... You know, she was just probably one of the best students I ever had on Strictly with her attention to anything I said. She was really, really involved. And um, sometimes when she's listening to you, if she really is interested, it's not, it's something I've, I've, I've never seen before. The amount of attention Sarah Davis can give to something she applies herself to, it's second to none and it was absolutely brilliant to to witness it and like therefore one of the best students i've ever had on strictly and um and then if you think you know that she operates like that in her everyday life no wonder she's so successful of course she is you know but what i love the most about sarah davies is that yes she's a highly successful woman as you said really intelligent really whatever she applies herself herself to she goes for it but she is such a family person as well she loves her kids, she loves her husband, and she loves her mom and dad. And it's just like, she's just such an incredible all-around woman. And when we talk about work-life balance, I think she's found a way to nail it. So I'm really curious to chat with her today. Also, her new show is coming up, Ultimate yep. Wedding Planner. She's excited about, wrote a book, We Can All Make It. 
running a, <laughs> a business. Crafters Companion, crafters one companion. of the best businesses in the, in the crafting I mean, world. Yes, crafting t- Crafters TV, I think it's exact name. And uh, Dragon's Den just Superstar. Dragon's Den, I mean, <laughs> what else? strictly extraordinary, strictly. Born, you know, born queen. <laughs> I mean, where do you where do you begin? When do you, where do you stop? And uh, I, let's just go right, right let's into Let's just go it. in. Let, All right. Enjoy in. the episode, everybody. Here we go. Hi, Sara. Hello. Thanks for coming to chat with us. I mean, I feel like this isn't even like a proper anything. This is you just at our house, hanging out with us. You're here with the boys and Simon. Just went for a lovely Sunday roast. <laughs> you know, it's nice to be in your house. In our this house. Chat. <laughs> in your house. They're almost, They're always my favorite podcast. Oh, we've had the best, best day, haven't we? Do you know what? I was really nervous. Were you? Uh, yeah, of course I was. That's not the first time you said that around me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this morning I woke up really early and uh, I was like, okay, this doesn't look Sarah Davis and the family ready. This is the shout. This is the shout part of the podcast, Twist and Shout. Okay. And the shout part is, I'm very, very, very on top of keeping the house tidy. Aliash, he has spurts of energy. And this morning was that you woke up yeah. and you're like, I had boom, three hours of excellence. I call it. You didn't know what? It's just a rumor that I breathe fire when I get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened. No, it's not. Pardon me. It's, it's not even that. Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call uh, Sarah Davis my my partner. It's just a yeah. It's a beautiful habit that I never want to get rid of, and I don't want to get rid of, and I'm never gonna call you anything else. But it's just you know what it is. You are one of a few people that I've ever met in my life, whatever room you step in, like breathing fire because of Dragon's Den. But I think it's this sort of unwritten respect before you even put a hand on the door handle, people know exactly who you are and what you do and what you're about. And I think that's such an incredible, mm. incredible thing to have, honestly. Well, thank you, but I hope you spent enough time around me now to not think you have to tidy the house up for me coming. No. I mean, I know it was the first time. <laughs> exactly. I wanted it to shine. But you know me, right? <laughs> yes. And I'm like so finicky about making sure that things, and your house is so beautiful. Mm. And you've always, every time we come and see you or we visit you, we just feel so comfortable And, and that's home. because I get up early on the morning. <laughs> I go around all the house, making sure it's perfect. You see? You come in. So you get so it. I get it. It's <laughs> like when we arrived and, and you were like, can we put some, can I put some little canapes and things to eat? And I'm thinking, I'm really not hungry. And my husband's saying, no, no we don't need them. And I, and I was sat there thinking, if I was Jeanette, I would just want to put them things out anyway. <laughs> so I was like, yes, I'll eat some bread and cheese. Yeah, Go for it. she did it for me. But we're here today to talk about the fact that you are honestly one of the most inspirational women that I've ever met, not just because of what you've achieved in your career, but because of the fact that you are such an incredible wife and mother and daughter, and you are so, so close with your family. And work-life balance is something that gets tossed and said a lot easier than, than it is to achieve. You were ready to list some of the things, weren't you? Well, she's I was, done. Yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, all of them. I, I don't have being uh, big enough of a paper for yeah. it all, but it's 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 brilliant. Just re- reading through your CV, actually doing it. Uh, we're gonna get to the book a little bit later, but it's just incredible how much you've managed to put in to every day, to every month, to every year, and then have a beautiful family that you uh, so beautifully ma- maneuver through everything. It's just brilliant. Like, what drives you? What's the thing that it's the first thing in your head when Sarah Davis gets up in the morning. What's the thing in your head? So the thing for me is, and it's a blessing and a curse, I just want to make everybody happy. 
I want my kids to have everything that I want them to have. I want to know that my husband's really pleased and, you know, he thinks, oh, I did all right there. She's a good wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want the people around me to be happy. At, and, and, and I know that means giving a little bit of me to everybody. And the problem is you sometimes spread yourself too thin mm. because there's not enough of, of you to go around. And then you end up compromising. Maybe it's a little bit of me time to do it. But it's worth it when you see when you see what everybody else gets from it. So I think it's just it's just striving to be the best version of everything you can be because of what that means to other people. Yeah, mm. and I love, this is a fun fact, Sarah Davies sent me her book, We Can All Make It, before it actually got published. Yes. <laughs> she was on the special list. She was oh, on the, yeah. I was on the special list. Please don't be offended that you weren't on the special list. <laughs> That's right. That's but right. There was a lot of stuff in there about you. I was a little bit embarrassed for you to read it. I'm like, not going to lie. This is a good reason, because I was hoping it wasn't the reason, The reason. oh, you, I'm not sure if you can actually read. But <laughs> no. I was, I was really embarrassed for you reading it. I was like, I'm going to send it to Janet. Yeah. I loved it, though. Mm-hmm. I did read it before it got released. I remember. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved every bit of even Even the stuff we can all make it what a great title as well because after you read the book you really do kind of get a sense of like no matter how big or small your family is or how Mm -hmm. big or small your dreams are everything is achievable if you just do it like with planning and with support but one thing that you mentioned a lot in the book is how much your family stepped in when you had oliver and it kind of because you were i mean driven, 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 working towards Crafters Companion, creating your business. But then when you have a child, obviously everything shifts and starts changing. And you talk a lot about how important it was for you to have that help from your family, wasn't it? You know, people always ask me, how do you do it? You know, we see you on Instagram or social media, how do you fit everything into the day? And I think sometimes I joke and say, oh, well, there's really three of me. I Mm. I was really one of a triplet. You just, like Mickey Mouse, you never see us both (laughs) in the same place at the same time. But it's not, we only achieve it because of the support we have from grandparents. We literally could not live the life that we do without the juggle of managing it between all those grandparents. And we're really lucky in that we have both of our sets of parents on the doorstep, Mm. which, and, and they want to be really involved in the kid's life as well. So, I mean, a lot of people say to me, would it, do you not have a nanny? Is it not just easier for you to have a nanny? And I think, yes, it, you know, some people are, are able to have a nanny, others can't. Some people have grandparents. For us, it's like we've got two little nannies on hand, mm. you know, a grand and granddad, a nana and granddad. And it's, it is difficult juggling everything when you've got kids. And especially someone once said to me, it's not possible to have kids and two careers. Like one parent really needs to, you can have a one parent having a high flying career and the other one needs to take care of the kids if you're ever going to juggle that. And me and my husband, we're a husband and wife team in the business. So we're trying to juggle two of us having really high powered business careers. Plus I've got a, a an investment portfolio to look after. Plus I've got a bit of a fledgling TV career that, you know, trying to build up. And so trying to juggle essentially kind of four careers and the kids would only be possible with all the support that we have. And it literally takes an army to yeah. make our life happen. And, yeah. and it must be brilliant because then on the same hand, yes, it's b- beautiful. You have these people that actually love and care about your, your children to begin with. Yeah. And then of course you must be happy to see that they have a beautiful relationship, relationship with their grandparents as well. Do you know what I used to love? So Simon's mum and dad, they've only got Simon and they moved to our village when I had the kids, when we first had our Oliver, because they wanted to be nearby to be able to help us. And I would see them, they would take the baby for a walk as often as we would let them. And sometimes I'd see them, you know, if I would drive to the shop or something, I'd pass them walking around the village, 
arm in arm pushing the pram. And you know, in 20 years, I'd never seen Simon's mum and dad holding hands, being arm in arm. They're of that generation, you just yeah, you don't yeah. do that. And to see them just with the happiest look on their faces, arm in arm, and I just thought, I did that. I brought them two together because I, you know, and, and seeing that little happy look on their face, and it was just the most priceless thing. Yeah, because I think it's it's important for people to, if you haven't read the book, definitely please read it. We can all make it. It was so refreshing to see the success career, that you've had from your career, but also know that you did have support and you didn't yeah. just do it on your, because I think a lot of women, especially, they kind of assume if this is what I'm seeing, Sarah Davies, Smashing Crafters Companion, Dragon's Den, Ultimate Wedding Planner, like all these things that are coming up. They think, and she's a mom. They put pressure on themselves that they have to do it all on their own. They have to get everything perfect. And that's why I'm, people always are quite surprised at how open I am sometimes on social media because I always think I don't want people to think that I am this wonder woman that's just not physically possible to be. Mm. You know, I do feel like I achieve a lot, but I want to show people how I do that and what is the help that I have and the support because you can't achieve all of that on your own. And I'm so lucky to have all of the family. My sister lives nearby as well. I'm so lucky to have that and I lean on it. You know, I absolutely lean into it. Someone taught me something as well. Yeah, I'm going to teach you this now. You'll love this, right? Don't be frightened to accept help when people offer it. So when you when you first have the baby, and someone really drilled that into me, and and so I just said yes to everything. You want to cook me a meal and drop it off, neighbours? Absolutely. You want to take my baby for a walk for a few hours in the morning? Knock yourself out. And I look at my sister, and she's a little misindependent, and she just wants to do it all on her own. and doesn't want to accept the help, and she doesn't want to put other people out. And she feels like it's my baby. I needed to take care of it. You. And I, I was the other one. <laughs> if you were offering help, whatever that help was, I was taking it. So, not a problem. Yeah, yeah. I was not too proud to have the help. So when you suggest it, we're going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. But I think that comes, I don't think that's just your little sister. I think that's everyone's little sister or little brother. I think it's that sort of being a firstborn. I'm not sure if that's like a normal yeah. kind of thing that just happens in life. But I feel like my little sister, it's exactly like that in the most beautiful way. Mm. And I think at the end, she still does all of it. It's <laughs> not that she, you know, she is not able to uh, to achieve anything she sets herself up to do. But at some points, I think she goes, oh, I wish I said yes to that help. Yeah, yeah, spreads herself too thin. Now, you know, when you had your first, by the way, Oliver and Charlie mm. are the two most beautiful little boys, beautifully behaved, beautifully raised, Thankful, grateful, anything that that I could think of right now. They also idolize their uncle Ali. Oh, oh they listen, do. You know, playing all day. Him. Uncle loves them back. <laughs> and uh, I want to know, you know, just if you can like proper, you know, a rough sort of estimate. After you had Oliver is the oldest one, mm-hmm. um, Rara, Charlie is, is the youngest. How long after you had Oliver? Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to then? start working sort of, you know, like bits by bits and then properly get back to it? Okay, really great question. Um, so I had Oliver, he was born premature, uh, two weeks prem. So he was due on just before Christmas Eve, but I had him in early December. And because it was that time of year that was a little bit slow with the business, I didn't throw myself back into work. So I had all of the rest of the December off. On the 7th of December, all of Christmas off. And I remember there's a really big trade show in our industry happens the second week in January. And Simon was flying out for the trade show. And there was at one point it crossed my mind, I think I'll go and we'll take the baby. 
mm-hmm. and Simon put his foot down and said no absolutely not you know it's going to be too much we're not taking a baby on a 12 hour flight and an 8 hour type that you're going to kill these that is ridiculous so he kind of forced on me that extra month as it was and I'm really grateful that he did because I then started doing little bits of work probably in the February time so for about three months from about three months I would say I was back into the office a couple of days a week but I was breastfeeding and I and I really struggled with breastfeeding and I put a lot of pressure on myself as a lot of women do it kind of gets drilled into you so I, I felt like I, I had to breastfeed this baby and and so just to go to work I remember I used to have to pump through the night for two nights to get enough milk to leave my mum with milk for the baby so I could go and do a six, seven hour shift at work. Mm. And I look back now and think that was ridiculous. The pressure I put on myself to do mm-hmm. that, you know, when I could have just given him a bottle of formula milk and, and ease the pressure off. But it's kind of, I think this is the problem, you lose perspective as a as a new mum. You know, you, you, you're so easily influenced by other people and you feel that pressure from everywhere. So I would say I went, I went back from about three months in and then with Charlie, I remember bit the business had grown even more, everything had taken off. And I remember Eve, I was in the hospital 10 days after I had our child, we had a few complications. And I remember having staff coming into the hospital to have meetings with me in hospital. Wow. Um, wow. In those 10 days. Wow. And I was literally straight, straight back <sighs> into it from, yeah. So is, is that because it was your second child and you were a little bit more second relaxed? Child. Is it a mental thing or a physical thing? Which, which, which one more? Yeah. Uh, definitely a mental thing. Mental thing. Definitely a mental thing. Because I wasn't well enough. But yeah, the yeah. thing for me is my, my work is engaging my brain to make decisions. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, staff having to do big shows and, and big things and would, would literally come in. It was great. Come into the hospital, have a bit of a cuddle with the baby. Once the baby was asleep, okay, get your notepad out. And I was still yeah, firing yeah, yeah. on all cylinders, could give them the brain power they needed. I think it's good to hear those kind of stories as well, because I feel like in the last few years, definitely, there's been a shift in you know, how women handle the work and being a mother. Mm -hmm. And it's not as shunned upon as it used to be to want to go back to work as a woman. You know, back in the day, oh, you can't go back to work. The baby's only five months old Mm -hmm. and you need to be home. But now I think it's okay for women to miss working, to miss being back in the office. Do you know, and I've struggled with this guilt so much because I love work. Yeah. I love what I do. I love my career. I love the TV side of it. I love the business side of it. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be Sarah Davies. Mm. And then if I didn't do that because I'd given that up to be with the baby, I would resent that kid so bad for taking away my identity and who I am. And I always remember there was some um, mummy friends that I made uh, when I, f- I first had our Oliver. And I used to, I, I, within about five months, I got back up to work four days a week and I religiously kept a Thursday off. And every Thursday I'd meet up with the mummy friends, but because I only had a Thursday, my God, that Thursday was jam-packed. And you know how I jam-packed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were at baby swimming class. We were going to a messy monkeys. Then we'd meet up with other friends and have cake and coffee. And then we'd do this. And there was so much going on in that day. And I remember one of the mummy friends that I saw one Thursday, and she had, this is by the time I'd had the second one we're talking about it. She'd had two kids as well. And we met up on the Thursday. She had literally done nothing since the previous Thursday. Oh, wow. So... So she was she was a stay-at-home mum. She'd given up her career to look after the kids. But she did so much on the Thursday with me that she didn't do anything the rest of the week other than go out for a little walk with the pram or whatever, but mm-hmm. nothing to write home about until the following Thursday. And I looked and I thought, you know what? My kids have had a great week. They've had two days at nursery, absolutely loved it, made little friends, one day with one set of grandparents, one day with another set of grandparents. My mum's taken them and done this. Simon's parents have taken them to... 
so much going on in their life and they were getting the best of all worlds whereas because she was putting so much into a Thursday she couldn't a afford to do things the other days of the week and b she didn't have the energy mm. and I remember thinking do you know what it's quality not quantity quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We keep saying that throughout all of, all of our podcasts, really, mm-hmm. and all the different episodes, we talk a lot about it because obviously our baby's grandparents are away. Mm-hmm. So it's a slightly complicated and different situation for Ali, Ash and I, because the support won't be right there. But that does not mean that friends- They kind of have a great relationship yeah, with as well. Friends can step in and then at the same time, the quality of the time yeah. that they're going to spend with their grandparents, whether we go to Slovenia or Miami, or they come to visit us in London, mm-hmm. it will be such beautiful time together. And then the kids, you know, the baby will hopefully grow up loving their grandparents just as much, but just in a will. different way. Of course they will. And I don't think there's a one-way system. Everybody's got whatever works for them, right? What What always annoys me is everybody's situation is different. Mm. And also we see, it's like an iceberg. You see the tip of it. You don't see everything that has to go beneath it to make someone's life happen. And I always think just support whatever situation because another family situation can be really different to yours. Mm. You know, people would look at my life and go, I'm so jealous of you. You've you've got all this money and everything, but they don't see the sacrifices I make. Mm-hmm. But then my mummy friends see my life and they go, oh my God, I don't envy your life at all because <laughs> they see the sacrifices yeah. I make and they don't, they're not bothered about the other side. And I just think, but I trust that I've made the right decision for my life yeah. and just support me. The best you can do as my friend is support me in the decisions I've made. Yeah. I was lucky enough to get to know you on, on Strictly and you were my last partner on Strictly and uh, forever now my last dance partner on Strictly and everyone is always completely different but the way we did Strictly with such 
it was so structured. Mm-hmm. Everything we put ourselves to do, we achieved and more. By the time kids didn't even finish school. I remember in that beautiful dance studio, uh, Smith Jake's, mm-hmm. and uh, what a gorgeous place. And uh, finishing rehearsals, completely sweaty, and uh, walking to the car park, which is just on the other side of the studio, and kids were just getting picked up from school. Charlie and, and Oliver go to school about five minutes drive away, and I was just, you know, you could go and do a school run and uh, to see how much that balance, because that was balance. What we yeah. did on Strictly was work. It's a gig. And then you were adamant in the most beautiful way that the, the school run is just as important as, as the Strictly Come Dancing. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was just the most incredible thing to witness because I've done Strictly eight times prior to that. And, you know, I'm not going to say things didn't matter as much as they should, but never to that extent. And you're so incredible when you... When you want to do something, you do it, and you find a way to do it, and it's incredible to to witness it, really. Well, starting the six a.m. starts. Yeah, but you know, your that's, face yeah. when yeah. I told where you said, "So, what sort of times of day can we train?" And and I'd worked out the schedule. I'd worked out that I could give you if we started at six o'clock in the morning, then I could get a full day's training in and finish in enough time to go and pick the kids up from school. So it meant I wasn't there when they woke up on the morning, but at weighing everything up. Then waking up on a morning, I'd maybe see them for 45 minutes, wake up, get them ready and drop them off at school. But that would mean that we couldn't start dancing until after I dropped them off at school, which would be eight o'clock. So that's potentially two hours of dancing I'd lose just to have like half an hour, 40 minutes with them on a morning. So we agreed that my husband would take them on a morning. And actually, can you remember, sometimes he would bring them on a Wednesday morning. Yes. He would bring them, because I'd know the dance by then. Never <laughs> let them see before. <laughs> but on a Wednesday morning, he'd set off for school half an hour early and would bring them in to watch the dance. So on a Wednesday morning, we used to start training at six, knowing that at about quarter to eight, Simon would turn up with the kids and we'd have, we'd do the dance for them three times through. And then Ali Ash would play with them a little bit and then they'd go off to school. Look, I knew that I was always going to be away from home the back end of the week because we'd come down to do it takes two, studio, camera blocking and and the day in the studio. So being away for them a few days meant meant it was even more important to give them that routine and be there to Mm -hmm. pick them up from school. And you know, it meant the world. And I think my kids hated Strictly when I told them I was doing it. Told them in the August and Strictly was a dirty word because all they could see was it was something that was going to take mommy away from home Mm -hmm. and they just didn't want to know about it. But then once I started doing it and Ali Ash became part of our lives and made it so fun for them and would do the school run with me and would do dance, pretendy dance classes in the playground with the other kids and... All of a sudden, about three weeks in, Strictly was the coolest <laughs> hey, thing. Mom is cool. In the world. <laughs> now it was great because Strictly was fun. And so they accepted we lose Mammy a couple of days a week, but we get this awesome thing going on in our life. Yeah. And we get Uncle Ali Ash playing with us every you know. So it was just then it became a balance. And then they were happy to embrace it. But I could say if I just I was so jealous of the other celebrities who got to do 14, 12, 14 hours a day dancing. It would just be in London, locked in a dance studio, could do all them out. And I kept thinking, oh, what would I be able to do if I could just do 12, 14 but hours you a day? See, I think you could think that because it would give you maybe two hours more of actual dancing. But I think the amount of things you were able to achieve because of the time we started and the time we finished, you know there is a time frame you have to follow. Mm-hmm. You know there is certain time pressure. You can't just stay in the studio until you can stand up, you Mm -hmm. know? And then I think in my experience, you do way less. Your coffee breaks are a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. You tend to chat a little bit more. 
and then you're kind of looking at the clock for the last two hours anyway. Do you know, I bet the other parents will get this because it was the same for me before I had kids with work. So work was something, especially if I had my own business, I'd go into work and it didn't matter what time I finished on a night. And so I would just be there till nine, 10 o'clock at night every night and wouldn't think anything of it. As soon as you have kids, well, I want to leave on time to pick them kids up from school. Yeah. So as soon as you have that time pressure, I tend to find, I see it all the time in the business with working mums. Working mums seem to be able to get exactly the same amount of work into a shorter day. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you learn because the priority is you want to get home and see them kids, but you still want to do a fantastic job of your job. So you don't compromise anything. So you just have focus. Yeah, that's that quality over quantity again. Quality that quantity. keeps coming up. Uh, just Jeanette is listening to this with her mouth wide oh, open. I love just, that. I love it. <laughs> I love it because, you know, we've had many dinners, just you and I, as ladies, we've gone for dinners and, and we talk, I, I love working. I, I am yeah. very driven and I love what I do and I love my job. And I'm excited and happy when I'm working towards my yeah. what work is to me. It's who you are. It's who I am. And you're. I feel like I look at you and you honestly give me so much inspiration for what I want to be like as know, a mother. I remember, I think it was our week two. My week two dancing was Foxtrot. And I can remember going out for dinner with Foxtrot hair. <laughs> Yes. And you remember, I kept that yes. foxtrot hair in for four days. Did. Didn't move. Yes. It looked yes. great, Was that in Fulham? Was that in Fulham dinner? Yeah. It was, though, no? yeah. So it must have been after my week one dancing, so the second week of dance training, Alias was so excited and he said, I want Jeanette to come up. I want you to, she's got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off work next week and I'm going to bring her up with me because I wanted to see this. And I said, what's this? <laughs> what do you want her to see? He said, you have it all you have a career you love your life and you've got this amazing family life he said and i wanted to see that it's possible Mm -hmm. because she loves her career so much and i want to show her he's somebody who's still got that amazing career but it's got all the time with the family he said and and i've never experienced it i've never seen it firsthand like this before and i want her to see it so he was so desperate to bring you up and i did and then i wanted more and And (laughs) (laughs) and look when you say this, you know how many people I've crossed paths since we've done Strictly. And whenever anyone asks about you, I just literally, my only thing I ever say to them is, you don't know how unlucky you are. You're never going to get a chance to spend as much time with Sarah Davis as I did. <laughs> like, generally, that's my only thing that I can say. Because I can't describe you. If you know when they go, can you describe someone in three words? I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I honestly couldn't do it. Because it's like, I have one word, everything. Listen. It's not just about like, you know, cause we say now this every single episode and we're gonna say it again in this one. We are both pregnant. We are both pregnant, it's a team. (laughs) It's not just Sarah Davis. There is this incredible, incredible human being right right with you, right with you the whole way through. His his name is Simon. And um, I know he's this sort of, I call him, we thought about it before how to announce Simon. And I have a a word for him, you see, no. Silent superhero. It's a silent Silence. superhero. Do you know he's on the other side of that wall? He's probably listening to you. <laughs> he's probably he's, nodding. No? He'll he's come here. in with his cape. Yeah, exactly. He'll be like, oh yes, Aliash, I'll take it. And, uh, and I think as soon as I met the two of you and I saw the dynamic of how everything works, how, you know, you sort of really complement each other in the best possible ways, is having someone like Simon who is so passionate and so incredible and being a dad and amazing at what he does in at, at work as well watching him work as well at the crafters companion it's an incredible uh, sight to behold it must be a lovely sort of journey having someone like him next to you isn't it do you know i've heard this from several people and you will Jeanette, you'll appreciate this firsthand 
it takes a really strong man to stand behind a strong woman. Yeah. A really strong man. And I've seen it in so many relationships where you've got a strong woman not backed up by a strong man, a one driven by a lot of ego, or and then all of a sudden the jealousy creeps in and you go and, and actually and you'll know this first time, to live our lives, you need somebody behind you who can support you, who can drive you, who can challenge you, who can keep your feet on the ground. And in my case, almost like a single dad sometimes, God love him when I'm here, there and everywhere. And he's, <laughs> you know, I'm filming Dragon's Den at the moment. It means I'm away from home four days a week and he's having to do the school runs every day and football training, cricket training, sw- swimming practice and everything that goes with it whilst running a multi-million pound business. And I always think of that. He's the quiet person in the background, like you say, the silent superhero. I always think of that Bette Midler song, Wind Beneath My Wings. Oh, yeah. And it's like that. And he's the silent person that nobody ever knows about. And I sometimes feel really guilty because I'm, I'm the outgoing, the you know, the big personality. And whenever I stand on stage or give talks or anything, I, I always try and explain, you know, I'm the front woman, but actually this wouldn't exist if there wasn't the person behind me making it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think so often people want to just be like, yeah, I'm this amazing, strong, independent woman and whatnot. And I'm a strong woman, but not an independent woman because my life couldn't happen without him. And 25 years we've been together now and, you know, childhood sweethearts. And I think he just, he's happy to be that quiet person in the background that nobody ever knows about, but he takes his pleasure from seeing my happiness yeah. and seeing the kids' happiness. How incredible. He takes all of his pleasure from that. But it is amazing to watch the two of you co-parenting together. Mm. You just like, it's such a beautiful team because mm-hmm. even though, like you said, you have very different personalities, it's a bit more on the quieter side and you're you're there. and because the he doesn't get a word in edgeways. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we get along, me and Simon yeah, get along my, really well. My favorite, wait, but I have to share this story with everybody because it's one of my favorite stories. The BAFTA story, yeah, the, oh. that was amazing because Simon was not really fast. He's like, I've got to, I've got to stay home. I've got to work. I've got to do this. Tell the truth. Simon said, I got asked to go and present the BAFTA. <laughs> and I got two tickets for me plus guest. And so I said to Simon, oh my God, Simon, we're going to the BAFTAs. Like, well, you'll get a nice suit. Yeah. And I'm going on stage. And we'll walk the red carpet. And he said, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah. well, why not? He says, well, someone's got to stay home and look after the kids. I'm right, well, the grandparents can look after me. He said, no, no, I'm not. Waste of time on me. That is, and because he, he doesn't want to be in the limelight. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it. So his, his excuse was, I'll stay and look after the kids. Yeah. So I needed a plus one. Oh, and you know, I easily stepped forward for that. Yeah. <laughs> you really struggle with those uh, with those things as well. You, you really dislike a red carpet or, you know. <laughs> struggle with the limelight. Or a little interview, let's say that. A little interview. <laughs> But what a night. We had the best time together, didn't we? We had the best night. But look, we've been saying it a lot talking with you, finding that balance. You mentioned once a long time ago, one of our first chats, and it's always stuck with me and really, really stayed in my head. You said it's about putting everything into all the parts of your life. You don't do anything halfway. If you're with the children, you're giving them a full attention. If you're at the office, you're working fully at the office. If you're in the dance studio, you're listening to Ali Ash and dancing now, 100%. Now, do you know when I came a cropper on that though? So I remember we would always start training at six o'clock and at eight o'clock, we'd have a little bit of a break and we'd have a cup of coffee at 15 minutes break. So what I used to do is on the way to the dance studio, I used to voice note all of my key members of staff with notes of what they needed to get done that day, right? So that when they would start work, you know, half seven or something coming in, they'd get the voice notes and they'd, they'd be able to start on their day. So when we'd stop at eight o'clock, and let's go make the cup of coffees, and I'd sit and I'd check my notes, check my email replies off them, my WhatsApp replies off them. And then at quarter past eight, when we'd start dancing again, I'd be dancing, but really I'm dancing and I'm thinking, 
times that shipment due in from China and I was going to get and I must remember when I get into the office to mention to so-and-so that we need to do this so my head was half in the dancing and half in the what's going on at work because I'd allowed myself that time to read the phone and it was two or three days in and you said to me one morning you said partner I don't get it at six o'clock in the morning you are the most sweet I've never known anyone then step so fast you're on unbelievable he said and then something changes at eight o'clock mm-hmm. after we have a break and I don't know what it is but you're just not the same and then it takes you a while to get back into it and by about 10 o'clock you're back being like you were at six o'clock and I thought about it and I realized what it was and it's then at, at quarter past eight when we start again you haven't got a hundred percent of me you've got about 90 percent of me and 10 percent of me is in the office but the thing is, I can't make work any better by putting my head in the office. Me thinking about it isn't actually getting that shipment sorted sooner or the, the email. I'm not achieving anything, yet I am underachieving then in the dancing. Mm. So by not giving something 100%, I'm compromising it and I'm not achieving somewhere else. It's the same thing with mum guilt. People always say to me, oh, you're not riddled with mum guilt. If I spend my time allowing myself to be thinking, oh my God, I'm missing the kids. I'm not here. I'm so. It means I'm not doing a good job of whatever I'm doing and I should be focused on. But the kids are no better off for me feeling guilty about not being with them. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole thing of if you give whatever you're doing 100%, I know I don't spend as much time with the kids as other parents get chance to, but I make that time count. I could only train for six, seven hours a day dancing. Other people were getting to do 12, 14. So I made them six or seven hours count. Mm-hmm. It's what you do with your time, not how much of it you get. And like even something, I mean, genius, but even something like dancing, which is such a physical thing at the end of the day, you need to repeat, repeat, repeat to have it in your muscle memory to then just sort mm-hmm. of do it without thinking. But even there, you can prove, you just prove that having your mind with it it's so much more important than actually being there with your body physically. Being there physically, but it's the same with everything. Mental presence is yeah. so mm. much greater than physical presence. Now, there's no one else that I want to ask this question more. Oh. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, and I mean it. What's your advice for first-time parents, being us, being anyone? What's your advice on, first of all, general advice, and then the second part of that is uh, work and you know being a parent advice. Where do you... Mm-hmm. How would you sort of gauge it? What would be your sort of, you know, the weight of what is top, more important? Top, what's top, top tip. tips? First thing I'd say is just cut yourself some slack. And also what you've got to remember is as well, I think get off social media sometimes too, because you've got to remember the world of social media, people paint the perfect picture of what's going on in their life. Nobody ever gives you the reality. Nobody ever shows you a picture of them at three o'clock in the morning crying because your baby hasn't slept for four hours with your boobs out sitting about you know nobody shows that side of it they show the beautiful picture of the baby when they're fast asleep at 10 o'clock in the morning sitting with a cup of coffee right so as soon as you start comparing yourself to impossible standards you will always fail or is it that richard branson says or something if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree it's always going to be a failure hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> very and good I think yeah just just cut yourself some slack i am a great man i know i'm a great my kids are happy and they're healthy and they love me to bits right am i as great a mum as some of the mother earth people i see and all the wonderful stuff they post on social media i sometimes look at that and think oh, i should have done this with them oh like like i'm that mum who never thinks to book a santa claus visit <laughs> before the 15th of december when you can't get in anywhere you know but but is it the end of the world mm-hmm. and i just think that cutting yourself some slack is the biggest one okay and then also take time to enjoy it 
You know, I look back, especially them first couple of weeks after we had our Oliver, was the most precious time that me and Simon had together. I was just telling you about it earlier when we'd put him in his little sleepy head pod in the middle of the bed and lie with one head each on the side of his head and just look at him. And I, even though it was 10 years ago now, I can remember those moments with crystal clarity. And, and I, I, they are such precious memories. And I feel like I really relished every second of it. You know, people look back and say, you'll have regrets. You're always going to have regrets. Just focus on being in the moment and enjoying the stuff and then accept all the help you can get. And you know the best thing that someone did for us, and, and I vowed that I would offer to do it for other people, Simon's mum and dad, they knew I wanted to breastfeed and I was really struggling and everything like this. So every Saturday night from being about five weeks old, they came and slept at our house and Simon's dad would keep the baby all night. And so what he would do is he would, you know, I'd finish feeding about 10 o'clock or whatever, give him to John, John would burp him, change his nappy, cuddle him off, but John wouldn't settle. So he'd just pace up and down the landing for three hours, cuddling him, patting him or whatever, till he was ready to feed again. And then he'd sneak into my bedroom, just tap us on the arm. I think he's ready for a feed. Wow. And he'd go out to give us a bit of time for my dignity. I'd feed the baby 40 minutes after the feed. I'd get up, hand it back to John, two o'clock in the morning, he'd be there. He'd burp him, change him, wrap him back up in the swaddle, do it again. And so he didn't sleep a wink all night. But then he had six nights to get over it, you know, and so, and that was kind of their gift to us uh-huh. and giving us that full night's sleep. It wasn't a full night's sleep because I still wanted to feed the baby myself. But if, I, if I'd given him a bottle, he would have happily done. But to give us that night, but he was too young that I didn't want my baby to go somewhere else. I wanted the baby to be in the house and to be there. But that gave me that night of sleep and it was just and you, invaluable. And you felt like it was on your terms as well because yes. you felt like it was exactly when you needed it. He came to my house. Yeah, he came to my house and, and everything. That. It was amazing. And I remember when I was held at the baby, I offered to do the same because she's so fiercely independent. <laughs> no, I don't need any help. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I can, I can, see, I can see the bags under her eyes and how they're getting darker every week. She's not fine, but she wouldn't accept that. Yeah. And by the way, the little Gracie, it's a little angel as well. Yeah. Uh, I have this most beautiful story about little Gracie you need to see Gracie to understand this completely because when you see a photo of her you're gonna know exactly what I mean we were dancing it was one of those Wednesdays uh Charlie and Oliver come in in the morning and then door stays open and normally Charlie is the last one to walk to the door because mm-hmm. he doesn't like the mornings as much as Rara does yes as much as Oliver so he comes in you know you know it's, it is 6 15 a.m so you know let's just put that out there and then door stays open and then in walks little Gracie, and at the time she must have been two. two years old. And I think she just learned how to do a thumbs up, maybe <laughs> a day or two before. But because her hands were so little, you couldn't work out what she was doing. And then when I, because at 6 a.m., I don't see it too well either. <laughs> and I kind of look over and she has this most beautiful thumbs up I've ever seen with this sort of tiny little finger and just smiling over through us. I can't remember what week it was, but I'm never going to oh, forget I, that I, image. I can remember it was our week five because it was when we were doing, we had the chains. Yeah, oh, uh, yes. Kids <laughs> ran around playing with the chains and you were playing them our Dolly Parton music yes, for the next week's yes. quick step. It's actually week, week six it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven, yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's the thing that Craig should have seen. Not <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Not what though? Dance. For a year afterwards, she still calls Aliash on the banana phone. Oh. So he was a person who used to pick up a banana and go, Ali? Because yeah. she never said Aliash, Ali? 
Ja, Gracie, Ali. Hi, oh. Ali. Oh. <laughs> call him on the banana phone. Well, look, we know you're you're a busy woman. You're a busy mom. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk to us. We honestly adore I'll you. I'll talk to you all day, every day. And you want to talk about my gorgeous little boys? And I, you can get me talk. You couldn't shut me up. Oh, no, but really, we, I, I can't say it enough. Like, especially being a, now a first-time mom and being so driven in my own career, you are such an inspirational woman and you inspire me every single day. And I say it online and I say it on the podcast and I'll say it everywhere. I feel very fortunate to call you a friend because you really are an amazing woman. both ways. Strong well, women support and strong yes. women. Yes. <laughs> and I, I'm lucky and blessed because I, I just keep being surrounded by this <laughs> strong women in my life. And it's brilliant. I mean, just, you know, I think my life changed. Uh, they, they paired us up on Strictly Come Dancing. And uh, I know I've had a few changes in my life, but a change with you was definitely for the best. I'm glad and pleased and thankful for whoever made that happen. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad it did. Uh, you keep changing both of our lives, and I hope that we sort of make yours here and there you a little bit better. You do indeed. Adopted members of the Davies family. Oh Thank yes, Howie. Howie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even do it. I didn't even do it. I was just listening. Uh, Thank you, and uh, just keep being you. That's it. I will. Thank you, guys. We love you. You know, we knew it's gonna be a great chat, but you know, there, there, there she was, Sarah Davies. I mean. I hope that that was insightful and uh, a little sort of look into the mind of of the um, of this whiz that is Sarah Davis. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm so lucky that I got to meet her, and I'm sure that you know everyone fulfills their way now too, yeah. l- listening to her. My favorite bit of advice now that we've got the baby coming is definitely say yes to anybody that offers you help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Besides all the other amazing advice that we got about life and work-life ba- work balance, I am I am pretty bad at saying yes, thank you to people that want to offer help, but she's said it and I trust her word, so I'm gonna go with it. The next time anybody offers anything, I'm gonna say yes, do it. <laughs> so is it just me then? You well, say yes, I'm joking. I say yes to you all the time. <laughs> Anyways, we hope you enjoyed that episode. We definitely did. Sarah Davies is a legend and we will see you uh, next week for another episode of Twist and shout. Boom. Nice, nice delivery. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.